Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. All right, we're going to try to do our best to cover it all. And, you know, normally, I sent this to the video on it a moment ago, you know, the Dog Nation Daily kind of flows a certain kind of way, sort of do the show a certain kind of way. Uh, today, we're going to probably have to be a little more casual. One of the things that's hard for me to do is talk and look down at the same time. I don't typically use a lot of notes on this show. But on a day like this, I'm going to have to keep it close to the comment section. I'm going to have to scroll my phone here a little bit because I don't want to miss anything. In fact, Kamari Wilson just six minutes ago tweeting y'all ready. I would say for later on this afternoon, we very much are ready for all of that. In fact, Dog Nation expects to be covering Wilson and a lot of other announcements here today. Uh, uh, By the way, uh, Darius Smith also, the guy we talked about yesterday, apparently has just announced 11 minutes ago that he's not going to be uh, signing today, going to be signing on the February 2nd version of National Signing Day right now. So here we go. I mean, it's all kinds of news. We're trying to follow it all. And in the live video world that we're in right now, recording for podcast world that we're in right now, all I can do is follow it all the very best that I can. And I think the other job you got to have here is, is you can't, I mean, like this show can't be a stock ticker. It, it can't be one of those things where I'm just sort of spitting out information, you know, over and over and over again, because by the time the show is done, nobody really knows anything. It's all just kind of in one ear, out the other. It's kind of an information overload type thing. So in my own mind, here is kind of how I am processing National Signing Day today. And the Smith news there kind of is a, is a part of this. When you look at what Georgia had on its commitment list coming into today, knowing that it wants to add players today and knowing that it's also going to save a little bit of room for transfer portal there as well, that Georgia was just bound to have some guys, you know, on its commitment list that are going to go somewhere else. Most of this, for the most part, has been pretty heavily rumored anyway. For instance, I'll show you this on Twitter. Uh, Tyree West, longtime Georgia defensive line commit, uh, announced today that he was going to go to Tennessee. It has long been assumed that West was maybe not going to be at Georgia, even though he remained, I guess, technically a public UGA commit. The honest truth is I thought he was going to Florida State, maybe inquiring minds smarter than me already knew it was Tennessee, but I thought he was going to Florida State, but he did announce Tennessee there, Tiff County High School there today. That's just kind of the example of some of the stuff that we knew was going to go on as the Georgia class gets fuller and fuller and fuller. At a certain point, it just sort of gets too full for certain people, and a guy like West deciding to move on there. And honestly, we wish him well on that. Guys should go where they want to be. Guys should go where they feel like they're going to have the best chance to play. I don't think that Georgia should ever have to apologize for trying to recruit the very best class it can possibly get. I don't think players should apologize for trying to make the very best decision they can possibly make. And sometimes late at the last minute, minds get changed, and that's just what you do, and you make peace with that, and you move on. And who knows uh, (laughs) how paths may cross again at some point in future years. Just That's just the nature of college football right now. West not going to be the only one of those guys. Yesterday was mostly filled with chatter uh, about the possibility that Marquise grows Killebrew, another guy. I mean, you talk about a guy that's been committed to Georgia, it seems like <laughs> since before Julian Rochester was almost. I mean, it seems like he's been around forever, and yet the chatter here as of late is that he might be on his way to Texas A&M. Of course, the MGK to A&M news also seemingly coinciding with, a, with the time in which Georgia seems to be getting back involved with Deion Smoke Bowie again. Uh, that's kind of fun to think about. It's not quite a trade. That wouldn't be fair to say, but 
certainly has the effect of feeling like a trade. If Gross Killebrew goes to Texas A&M and Bowie comes to Georgia, we've kind of thought for a while that maybe it might not be done with George and Bowie. For a moment, it seemed like it might be, and now it's kind of maybe resurfacing again here at the uh, late last moment, too. And then you got Darius Smith there a moment ago, not saying that he won't be in the class. He just says that he's now going to sign with the rest of his teammates come dis- uh, February. So you're kind of covering all of that uh, here today um, that – you got guys that you thought might be coming to the Georgia class are now moving on somewhere else, and you're trying to make some make some room here for the guys that will be a part of this class. Obviously, big announcements. Kamari Wilson just teasing that a moment ago of, hey, y'all ready? We are ready for all of that, and we're going to try to give you the idea of what the timeline looks like. This is probably as late in the day that I've remembered the action being on National Signing Day. You know, Kirby Smart, I think, is expected to speak Sometime around like 1.30 or so today, really most of the action for Georgia is still a, is still several hours after that. You know, the old school tradition when it comes to National Signing Day was, hey, once the coach sort of felt like they had all the hay in the barn, that's when the coach kind of came out there and spoke. Uh, that apparently is not the case for Georgia. It seemingly is certainly hoping to add players well after uh, Kirby Smart's expected to speak with the media today at 1.30 p.m., but we'll kind of deal with that late in the afternoon. I have not changed my mind from where I've been the last couple of days that while I can't predict what this young man's going to do, I can predict that the biggest possible response that Georgia could get today, and this was with all due respect to any other name we might mention, we're going to mention a lot of names, but the biggest possible addition for Georgia today, I believe, is Marvin Jones Jr., the elite pass rusher. And I don't know. I, I joked about this on Twitter that I went yesterday from feeling like Georgia's getting everybody to feeling like Georgia was getting nobody and kind of back and forth it goes for the online chat, or at least as I try to follow it, about whether Georgia's going to get a player like Jones. So I can't tell you that for sure, but the one thing I can tell you for sure is this is who Georgia needs. Georgia needs a player like this, of this caliber, uh, this kind of pass rush. I think it would speak to the strength of the Georgia program in acquiring a player like this with no outside linebackers coach, with with defensive coordinator moving on to Oregon. I think it would kind of speak to that. And it also just kind of speaks to Georgia's ability to now attract the very best pass rushers in a year in which Georgia's kind of produced those 40-plus sacks. That's the kind of big deal, big news that you have a chance to follow on, on a day like this. So, let me see if I can kind of sum all this up. We have found out that a guy in Darius Smith, who we thought might sign today, is now going to postpone that to February. Going along with a guy like Tyree West, a Georgia defensive line commit, long suspected not to be in this class. Indeed, he's not going to go to Tennessee, choosing Tennessee over Florida State. The chatter out there is that Marquise Gross Killebrew might be uh, heading towards Texas A&M, possibly opening a door for an A&M commit, Deion Bowie, to gravitate back towards Georgia, maybe even on the offensive side of the ball, in the case of Bowie, if the, uh, if the internet is to be believed on that. That is some of the movement. Now, the next big thing to discuss is the fact that the Georgia-Florida rivalry seems pretty intense right now on the recruiting trail. Several names that the dogs battling the Gators for head-to-head. I'm going to tell you about all of that, too, but first, let me introduce the show. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Hello to you, and thanks for being with us here today. No matter how you get to us, 945 on our first and 15, 10 a.m. on video, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. We're happy to have you on all those uh, video programs. We are preempted on the radio because of signing day, a little bit of a fluid day, so we're preempted on the radio today on 960 The Rep, and we're looking forward to being back on the radio again tomorrow, so really excited 
about all of that. Also, podcast, the Apple Player, Spotify, worldfamousdognation.com, bunch of ways for you to get us there. I realize it's one of those days where, and there's really nothing you can do about this. Most of the days, the podcast is not like this, but on a day like this, there's a chance that by the time you're listening to this podcast-wise, some of what you're hearing now is a little bit more dated. So that's why we're going to be live on video a lot today, catching up on that news as it happens. And we're going to certainly do our part to try to follow all of that. Also, if you're watching on video, one of the things you see over my shoulder, that's the Dog Nation Cruise. Boy, we are so excited about this. And the response we've gotten to this already has been phenomenal. Uh, uh, folks who thinking about this holiday time of year and also kind of making their plans for travel for the new year there as well. Time is now to book this as Dog Nation sets sail on a Royal Caribbean cruise coming up in April, our first ever Dog Nation cruise on the Independence of the Seas. No other choice we would make other than our friends at Royal Caribbean. No other choice that we would make other than our friends at the cruise and Vacation Authority to help get all this booked. It's going to be an amazing experience. First of all, Independence of the Seas is a beautiful ship. Ports of Call, we're going to be checking out NASA on the Bahamas. We're going to be checking out Perfect Day Coco Cay, an incredible experience as Dog Nation sets sail, and we want you to be a part of it there as well. Uh, April 25th to the 29th, those are the dates. We're leaving out of Port Canaveral, which is probably the easiest port to get to from where I'm sitting in our Dog Nation World Headquarters studios right here in the heart of Atlanta in this you know Georgia area. Port Canaveral, very easy to get to, so you can be there, be a part of it. Please just do me this favor. Go to the top of the page of dognation.com. There's a link right there. You can click in that link. Our friends of the Cruise and Vacation Authority are going to help you get booked. So many folks have already told us, yes, they're going to be with us for the Dog Nation Cruise. We want you to be there as well. So please make sure you check that out. Dog Nation Cruise coming up. That's going to be a great time. So I'm going to get Mike Griffith here in a little bit, and we'll take a little bit of a signing day break with Mike Griffith when he joins us here in a couple of moments. Uh, Kirby Smart today addressing the media. Some Georgia players think we expect to hear from them too, I believe. Uh, Mike can clear that up for me. The preparations for the Orange Bowl are obviously ongoing, and so we'll hear from Mike on some of that here coming up in just a little bit. For now, though, let me get ready to go uh, around the doghouse. It's furnished today by our friends at rooms to go So covering all the news that can be covered late in National Signing Day, and the one trend you can't help but notice, there are head-to-head battles ongoing right now with Georgia and Florida. Billy Napier, fresh off being hired as Florida head coach, is trying to make a little bit of a splash here at the end of you know uh, the 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 cycle just after being hired there as Florida coach. Let me start with Julian Humphrey here who has been a Georgia commit now for a couple of weeks, longtime Florida commit there as well. And we're going to find out the good news is here pretty early how some of this is going down. Now as I'm speaking this to you it's just after 10 a.m. on the East Coast. Uh, Humphrey of course hails from Texas says that he's going to be signing today at his school at 11:45. That's 11:45 Central presumably, which means 12:45 Eastern for Humphrey and he's going to be getting his All-American jersey there as well. So that's Julian Humphrey doing that. The reason why Humphrey's interesting here is because Humphrey was recently, and I've never really seen this before in recruiting. Maybe this does happen. I just not, not something I've really seen a lot of. Humphrey was recently re-offered, I believe is the way this is being described, by Florida. And he put that out there on Twitter. He's also recently got an offer from TCU as well. Uh, so there is still some recruiting down to the wire involving Julian Humphrey. One of the things that a lot of Georgia fans had kind of noticed was, oh, Humphrey, who had been very active. This is true. This, this part is definitely true. That in the last couple of weeks, since Humphrey had joined George's class, I don't know that anybody had been more active on social media touting for UGA than Humphrey had been. Over the course of the last 24 hours, 
that really hadn't been true. Now, is that because Humphrey was reconsidering being in Georgia, maybe going to Florida instead, or did he just lose his phone? You know, who, who really knows what any of that was related to? But there had been some talk about Humphrey there today. Coinciding with that is Shamar James, linebacker that Georgia's been kind of involved with. We kind of presumed might be a Georgia-Alabama battle, given the fact that James uh, hails from the state of Alabama. There's also been some talk about you know Florida there on that. And what's kind of funny is a lot of the Florida fans will come up and be like, "Oh, BA, you know, uh, how do you like us now? We're recruiting." And my response to that is to kind of I guess steal a line from uh, Chris Rock for a moment. That's what you're supposed to do. You know, this notion that somehow like Georgia fans are going to quiver and shake in their boots because Florida's recruiting. You're supposed to be recruiting. I mean, frankly, a lot of us thought it was kind of weird that Florida spent so many years not recruiting. And this notion that, you know, hey, Billy Napier is showing you what kind of recruiter he is if he were to get either Humphrey or James. These guys were already committed to Florida. They clearly wanted to go to Florida at one point in time that even a dunce like Dan Mullen could win their commitment. Now, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I want James in this class for Georgia, and I want Humphrey in this class for Georgia. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. I, I, I definitely want that. But if one of those guys were to choose Florida today, all Billy Napier has done in that situation is just worked his way back up to a zero. He's essentially gotten things back to where Dan Mullen, who was notably one of the worst recruiters in the SEC, all Napier has done at that point in time is kind of work his way back to the to kind of the, the flat ground that, that Dan Mullen was kind of once working from. Now, there's also the Kamari Wilson part of all this, and uh, as just before we went on the air, the the Wilson rumor mill continues to churn. Clearly, Florida's trying to be a factor in this recruitment. Obviously, Corey Raymond, we said when he was hired, that was a big deal for Florida to get a defensive backs coach who's got the recruiting pedigree that Corey Raymond has. I mean, here's the one thing. like Y'all know I, I love Georgia. Y'all know I hate Florida. Y'all know Eddie and everything else here. We love being Gator haters, and that doesn't require me to lie to you and pretend like that that uh, it wasn't a big deal to bring in a guy like Raymond. Of course it was. Uh, and it's really not a surprise that for a guy like Billy Napier, he's going to throw everything he can, try to get some sort of splash here at the end of the early signing period. We're not surprised by that. We're not shaken by that. Uh, of course that's going to happen. And, you know, is there a chance between one of these three names that, that uh, Napier steps up and gets that win? It'd be sort of weird if he didn't, right? I mean, at, at a certain point, that's kind of what you have to do. Now, that's not to concede any of those races. Obviously, I like Julian Humphrey. I think that Julian Humphrey pairs really well with the other elite cornerbacks that Georgia's already gotten. Jaheim Singletary, which is already signed. Dalen Everett, which uh, made his commitment there yesterday. Putting Humphrey in that group, I think, is a really good thing. I'm not telling you that I don't care if he comes to Georgia. I definitely want him to come to Georgia. But listen, you know, other programs are going to try to recruit there as well, even finally Florida trying to be a program that takes recruiting seriously. Shamar James, much the same way. I'd love to have him. We've talked about James now a few times here on this show as one of those guys that George was definitely targeting at the end of this cycle. But is it impossible that a guy like Napier could get back in on a guy that until five minutes ago was a Florida commit? Of course not. Is it the greatest win in the history of recruiting if Florida does that? No, it's not. This is what Florida should be doing. This is what they should have been doing all along. The Kamari Wilson, much the same way. Uh, this is a very big position of need for Georgia. Georgia needs safeties. Wilson is a really good one to pair alongside Malachi Starks. It's a big deal uh, for Georgia. But you know the expectation should be that your hated rival is going to try to make things hard for you in the recruiting trail. And so in the case of Billy Napier, that seems to kind of be what's ongoing. And over the course of the day, including really not too long from now, 
We'll follow the Humphrey news. We'll see what happens later on this evening. I believe it's, is it 6 p.m. for Shamar James? Some of y'all are better at the times than I am, but it's late uh, afternoon, very early evening for Shamar. And then Kamari Wilson, of course, right there in the middle of the afternoon, Dog Nation coverage of all of this throughout the day here on the Dog Nation video channels. That is also around the doghouse, and it's furnished today by our friends at Rooms to Go. You may have to wait to find out who Georgia adds for its 2022 class and how it puts the finishing touches there on that, but you don't have to wait at all for the finishing touches you want to put in those rooms around your house, especially this time of year. You know, a lot of times we talk about buying someone else a gift for the holiday season. How about you buy yourself something? How about you finish off that home that you love to live in and makes you feel so comfortable when you are in it with those furniture pieces that you know you still need, whether it's accent piece to finish off a room, that individual piece of furniture that you've had your eye on, or, you know, the entire room. We're in a very hot real estate market right now. A lot of you have just moved. Sometimes that new move requires filling up some space there pretty quickly. Well, rooms to go can get you done on that, whether it be the living room or the dining room or the bedrooms, children's bedrooms, outdoor furniture, folks taking more advantage of their outdoor living space right now. Rooms to go has got all of that for you. You can start your shopping experience online or you can check them out at our rooms to I should say you can start your shopping experience online at rooms to go.com or you can go and visit them at one of their stores in their showrooms. I always like doing that because I'm the kind of guy that likes to touch the things that I buy, whether it be clothes or furniture or anything like that. I like to try it out, I like to lay on it, sit on it and all, all those kinds of things. I just want to make sure that I know what I'm getting. So I enjoy the in-person experience, but a lot of you enjoy the online shopping experience. And Rooms2Go.com is a great website for you to visit with all of that in mind. It's around the doghouse. It's furnished by Rooms2Go, and we are happy to have them with us. We're also happy to have you with us there too. So we've got more recruiting rumors, and we'll cover that throughout the day. I'm going to keep my eye on the comment section to help me out with that. And of course, uh, social media there too on that. But it's not the only thing ongoing with the uh, with the Georgia program right now. Georgia also getting ready for the Orange Bowl. In fact, we get to hear from Kirby Smart today, and no doubt the Orange Bowl will be part of that conversation. So let's get a preview of that. It's Mike Griffith, Georgia Farm Bureau Practice Report. Glad to have him, all of you with us on the program today. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. We will say hello to Mike Griffith here, uh, Georgia Farm Bureau practice report. Mike Griffith, Georgia has had, I believe, a little bit of practice here going on last couple of days, uh, getting ready for that Orange Bowl coming up. And, of course, is also the early signing period. Mike, it's an amazing time you know, to think about the uh, time management required by these coaches. They've been on the road. I talked to Shane Beamer the other day. He said he'd been in like nine states in the last eight days. That's the kind of crazy travel in which, you know, these coaches are doing right now. And, you know, for a school like Georgia, in addition to that kind of travel schedule, it's also preparation for the college ball playoff there as well. This will certainly test your ability to kind of process it all if you're a coach. And for those of us who try to follow this closely too, I guess we're tested by this as well. Yeah, you really got to compartmentalize, Brandon. And I'll tell you what, you know, doing all these shows, I'm I'm tired of answering all these questions. You know, would Georgia have won if there was a quarterback change? Of course they would have won if there was a quarterback change. If Alabama would have played their backup instead of Bryce Young, I think Georgia would have won easily. There you go. So uh, we're off and running with Mike Griffith there, a little humor to start things off. Always a uh, good way to do that. Mike, uh, we will hear from Kirby today, and a lot of this will be re- related to recruiting. It's kind of ironic Kirby expected to go uh, – the, the timeline on this kind of stuff is always interesting to me. The Kirby press conference today is actually slated to be a couple of hours prior to. 
many of the other announcements that are of interest for Georgia fans today. That's a little bit different type of thing than signing day has been before, where traditionally coaches have spoken after all the hay is in the barn. The expectation is Georgia's very much in the mix for a lot of players that won't announce until several hours after Smart Speaks today. So with that in mind, give me an idea of what you do expect to hear from Kirby today when he addresses the media for the first time since the day after the SEC championship. Well, you mentioned it earlier about how coaches have to compartmentalize and, you know, Kirby Smart going from state to state, player to player, and, you know, oh, by the way, has a football game coming up and a potential national championship. Tens of millions of dollars on the line for Kirby Smart as he renegotiates his contract this season. Uh, obviously, this is a pivotal time for Georgia football, Brandon, not, not just in the signing class, but just the future of Georgia football. I really believe that how things play out uh, in terms of personnel uh, you know, the team's ability to focus. So many guys headed to the NFL. Probably 12 to 15 Georgia Bulldogs will be drafted. We know that eight of them have already accepted Senior Bowl invites. We're waiting to see if Jordan Davis will go down there and compete. Zamir White still hasn't declared that he's leaving. I mean, it's hard to imagine Zamir White coming back for another year. We can tell you that Kenny McIntosh and Kendall Milton don't anticipate that. I bet you Branson Robinson doesn't either. Uh, but keep an eye on that. So a lot is going on. What do I expect to hear from Kirby? I expect him to hear that they're pleased with their signing class. There's a few guys left out there. They're meeting their needs. Clearly heavy in the secondary. Um, and then as far as just the focus on the practice, you know, he's going to talk about how the leaders have managed things. As they really got back into workouts last week, even without the coaches there, there were some guys out there throwing the football around and. From what I understand, more of a camp feel, kind of a, a get back to basics, refresh, uh, you know, just everyone getting back to taking care of themselves. I think they'll probably turn their game plan to Michigan uh, maybe this week, later this week. But I would say that early on it's going to be a lot about George getting back to their basics and getting back to themselves, getting the right mindset for one final charge. It's kind of funny. You know, Kirby Smart, Mike, and I, you know this as well as anybody, He's always been really emphatic about this. Smart's belief that you can't prepare for an opponent too long. He does this at the beginning of the season. You know, he he does this a lot where it's like, hey, you can't spend four weeks getting ready for, you know, some opponent. You can't spend the whole month getting ready for Michigan. He likes these, you call them camp-style practices. That's probably a pretty good way to say it. He likes these fundamentally-based practices where the team works on itself. You know, Smart has long seemingly been a proponent for the notion that, you know, you can't spend too many weeks preparing for an opponent because eventually the team kind of turns some of those, uh, you know, preparations out, kind of tune some of that out. You know, Kirby Smart really likes these camp style practices that this, I would say, if you listen to Smart in the past, is a pretty valuable part of the of the pregame preparation for UGA. Yeah, and it's hard to question Kirby. You know, you look at the last couple of years. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know that they out-schemed or out-prepared Cincinnati. They were able to pull that off, even though they were missing, gosh, I don't know, six or seven guys uh, that were headed to the NFL or injured. Of course, they had to shuffle their entire offensive line, and you know, Cincinnati had good pressure all day long. I think JT still almost threw for 400 yards and able to drive on that last final drive there to pull that out against a really good undefeated Cincinnati team. The year before, uh, you know, Jake Fromm really, um, you know, him and George Pickens really lit it up. I think Matt Rule might have been watching uh, too much Carolina Panthers game film and forgot to prepare for George. If you remember, I think he caught 11 passes in the first half of that game. It's unbelievable for George Pickens. And he's back, by the way. Uh, hopefully Georgia will get the ball to George Pickens in this game a little bit more than the last game. 
Uh, two catches, not quite enough for number one there. Um, but to your point, I, I do think Kirby knows what he's doing in these uh, bowl preparations. I think Michigan uh, poses a different kind of challenge than Georgia's seen all year. A very physical football team. You know, you don't think about Georgia getting out physical. It's hard to imagine that. We just haven't seen that. Seems like you got to have some speedy guys and run around back there. But uh, Michigan's going to come downhill with a thousand-yard rusher and, and and really punch Georgia in the nose. That's what they're going to try to do, at least. And um, you know, you can bet that Georgia will have some best on best uh, to keep that front seven sharp. Maybe that back, uh, that secondary. You know, maybe Michigan can't expose them quite as much as Bama did. Um, although Michigan does lead the nation and plays over fifty, sixty, and seventy yards. So uh, it's going to be an interesting prep to be sure. And I think that a lot of the players will turn their attention. They really focused, uh, you know, trying to win this. The national championship is still within Georgia's grasp. As disappointing as that Bama loss was, you just got to hit the reset button and realize that all the, the big goal is still out there. So you mentioned Pickens, obviously coming back from injury, played some. Georgia fans hope to get a chance to play more in the Orange Bowl. I still think you've got to be realistic about this. But nonetheless, when it comes to Pickens, when it comes to Milton, when it comes to guys like Christopher Smith, I think is a big name there. Um, how much do you think that this time in the month of December of getting these guys just a little bit healthier, you know, how valuable can that time be, you think? I mean, well, talking to Pickens, uh, you know, uh, people from the Pickens camp, he's fine. He's ready to play football. He came back to win a championship. And, uh, you know, George George wants the football and he wants to win a championship. That's why George Pickens worked that hard. Uh, he didn't work that hard, uh, you know, to catch two passes and lose football games. I mean, this this—he's a competitor. This is what you're going to get if you want everything that's good about George Pitt. You've got a guy that is an absolute animal, and he wants to compete. And we know that. We know what emotional player he is, and we know how he can take over a game if you can get him the football. And he wants the football. And and I don't know why you wouldn't want to get him the football because he's almost Randy Moss-like at times. I mean, the guy's going to be measured in, be at least 6'4", maybe 6'5", at the combine. I mean, he is just a force. Now, Christopher Smith, that's interesting because I wondered myself, you know, how close to 100% he was. So important back there in the secondary last line of defense. I just, I, It was hard to tell him that Jameson Williams touchdown, if, if that was Smith at less than 100%. Because Williams is so doggone fast, uh, but I would agree with you. That's a critical one. You know, I, I've heard that Christopher Smith is coming back for another year. Uh, you know, that's good news on more than one front. Um, so, you know, maybe if he were a guy getting ready for the NFL, maybe he might take it a little bit easy because he's got to get ready for the combine and all that NFL preparation. But uh, I've heard he's coming back, so I think he's going to be a go. And uh, and Milton, from what I understand, is ready to go. It's just. You know, right now, Kenny McIntosh has a hot hand. Uh, you know, Cook has, has been there for you all year. You know, Zamir, obviously, a fan favorite. Georgia doing everything they can to help him get drafted. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how that running back room shakes out and going to be interesting to see what the game plan is uh, in terms of run-pass ratio. Do you want to get into a rock fight with Michigan and slug it out? Or do you want to try to throw over the top of the Wolverines and use your perimeter speed? So a lot of questions for Kirby and his staff to answer. You know, I made a promise to the audience on Friday that I would not address the quarterback thing again because we talked about it all last week, Mike. You know, it was the thing I talked about for an entire week. So I yeah, made the promise really last did. week that I would not talk about it again until there was a relevant reason to do so. So I feel like I've got a little bit of a window to do that right now because Kirby is going to speak today. Presumably he gets asked about this again. And that's kind of my question to you is, 
what do you think uh, Smart gets asked today about the quarterback situation, and do you have any reason to believe his answer will be any different about that this time than it was when he spoke about it on Sunday or when he spoke about it on the uh, day of the game uh, last Saturday? Yeah, he's been really vague with that. You know, he says he uh, has the utmost confidence in both players. Um, you know, he says he evaluates it like every other position. I, I, be add on, I don't think there's going to be some clairvoyant moment today where we're going to go, aha, that's why. You know, I, I don't think we're going to hear that. I don't think we're going to get an explanation, uh, you know, for why there wasn't a, you know, a substitution in the game or an explanation, you know, for why the, the original starter didn't. I don't think we're going to get that. I, I just, I, Kirby's not a guy that, that has to explain himself to anybody. This is, uh, Kirby is the king. And this is his kingdom, and you know people do do as he says. And I would imagine that uh, he'll say uh, that you know he evaluates this position like any other, and you know they're going to look at it, they're going to practice it over the next two weeks, and uh, try to correct some mistakes that that Stetson made, whether it's the uh, two interceptions or the uh, the two fourth down uh, inability to convert on fourth down or the two three and out series. So he'll work on correcting those things, and. And, uh, you know, the three sacks, he'll try to avoid those things and, and correct those things and then monitor and see how JT does with the second team. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure Georgia will go into the Michigan game with, with all those options available. There, there's a lot of weapons here. I, I contend, and, and I've said this, and I, you know, I hope I don't get anybody mad when I say it, but I think Georgia's got everything they need to win a national title. I think this roster is every bit good enough. Uh, if all the weapons are utilized properly, and Kirby is able to put this puzzle together, and the players believe uh, more than anything that the players have to have confidence in the personnel decisions. They got to believe, and because um, if they don't believe, I almost think you're beat before you start. So that that's the most important thing to me is to see if this Georgia team gets focused and believes that there's a reason why it would be different if they played Alabama again. And Michigan is a team that I think people are underestimating. I think people are underestimating how their fan base is going to travel. I still contend it's going to be close to 2-1 to one in Miami. And uh, I think they're playing over their head. There's a lot of synergy there right now, Brandon. This is a, this is a very dangerous Michigan team for Georgia. To be clear, though, and for now, Michigan's really the only thing on my mind, but to be clear, um, when I ask about quarterback, what I mean is, do you think is your prediction that, that Smart's answer on this will change at all in terms of seemingly being more open to playing JT because you wrote about this that that on the base of the SEC championship game it does not really appear that JT was much of an option there and you know smart kind of restated that both Saturday and Sunday of you know in the immediate aftermath of that game do you expect that stance to soften at all publicly from Kirby if you had to predict yeah you know I didn't really um you know I know he said they didn't talk about making the change over the headset but I, I know that Kirby can play semantics a little bit, Brandon. I think at some point that was discussed somewhere, some way, maybe not over the headset, maybe in the halftime locker room, maybe in the pregame. Remember, they have a pregame plan every single game uh, for whether they put a guy in there. I, I don't think Kirby Smart is is naive. Uh, I, I think he knows that JT Daniels is a talented quarterback, uh, and he said in interviews that with ESPN midseason that if they put it in a position where they need to throw it, that JT was the better thrower. He mentioned that uh, Stetson was better in a run offense. These are words that Kirby Smart spoke. Um, so I, I don't think anything's changed as far as Kirby's perspective. I just feel like um, you know he's, he's not going to you know let a whole lot of light shed a whole lot of light on this situation. 
Uh, you know, Kirby does not like to be second-guessed. We know that. I don't know many coaches that do. Um, the decisions he made, he made because he thought would help them win the football game. Um, you know, or maybe, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to get into the speculation game. I can tell you this. JT Daniels is healthy. JT Daniels wants to come back and play another year at Georgia. Uh, Stetson Bennett's giving you everything he's got on the field. Uh, you know, the, the, the team, um, you know, there, there's reasons why the team would want both guys in there. And, uh, you know, Kirby Smart's going to take the pulse of the team. And I think he'll make a decision that, you know, he believes will help him win a championship. I, I know it sounds political, but, you know, you, you've got to be because there's a lot going on behind the scenes. But at the end of the day, uh, it's Kirby Smart's decision and how he chooses to play it. I don't think he's going to want any speculation. I think that's probably why he didn't want to say a whole lot about it because he wants to avoid the speculation. I just I don't know if, if that's going to be possible because there's a lot of national media looking on. Uh, and uh, a lot of people asking questions. And um, I don't think we're really going to get the answers, though, till we get closer to the game and get in Miami after Christmas. I, I don't think we're really going to have an idea what's going on until then. It's a Georgia Farm Bureau practice report with Mike Griffith. Dogs back on that practice field at least sometimes over the last few days, getting ready for the Michigan Wolverines coming up. Of course, Kirby Smart addressed the media today. By the way, don't forget, Georgia Farm Bureau, also a great choice for you when it comes to auto insurance there as well. Because here's the thing. When it comes to requiring dependable transportation, which is a big part of all of our lives, reliable auto insurance is also a big part of that there, too. That means you want an auto insurance provider that keeps its promises to you. That's what Georgia Farm Bureau does. The reason why is because these are folks right there in your community. They live and they work. They do life right there in communities just like yours and mine all across the state of Georgia, and they've been doing it since 1959. That means when you talk to somebody from Georgia Farm Bureau about your policy, about your claim, you're talking to somebody that's you know right there in a community just like yours across the state of Georgia. Georgia Farm Bureau is always the home team. Been that way since 1959. So check them out online at gfbinsurance.com. That's gfbinsurance.com. You can check out Georgia Farm Bureau. Mike, I know recruiting's not necessarily your normal beat, but you got a thought on what's going on with early signing day here right now and the uh, class that Georgia's putting together? Well, a lot of momentum, you know, and, and, you know, you just take a look around and, and you see where Georgia ranks in the top two or three every single year. I will say this, Brent, I thought this was very interesting. I thought of all the people to cry foul, Lane Kiffin, of all the people to cry foul, a guy that I covered at Tennessee, a guy that tied with Nick Saban for the most secondary violations in 2009 or whenever it was, is saying that kids are going to go where they get paid the most. Well, I don't know how much of a revelation that really is. But I suppose, and I don't—I haven't kept up with the uh, live rankings. But at the time, Lane Kiffin said it, Old Miss was ranked 35th, 35th in recruiting, which is probably somewhere 12th or 13th in the SEC. If you're that low, you are really far off. And that sounds like a coach that was frustrated, um, you know. And, and I, I don't know what to tell Lane Kiffin. I, you know, get more money. Old Miss needs to pony up. Have your boosters, you know. Uh, have Eli Manning uh, donate more money or something. You know, spend. Spend less money on the end zone paint when it comes to your game and more money on recruits or whatever you do there with NILs at old misses. I don't know, is there a hottie toddy sponsorship or something? I, I thought it was interesting, though, that, that he was almost complaining and saying, we have free agency. Mark Rick told us that last spring that this is exactly what was going to happen. So uh, Georgia well-positioned, clearly, with Atlanta nearby, uh, that you know, seventh largest metropolitan area in the country. A lot of good things to be said. Certainly the high school coaches in the state, among some of the best paid in the country, do a tremendous job developing talent. So Georgia's in a good spot. Old Miss isn't. Alabama got that brand recognition going. Um, but to me, it's, it, this is more of a, a study in where college football is today 
more so than breaking down the, the uh, you know the micro elements of a recruiting day. It's almost like how does this all fit together with NIL and transfer portal and roster management for these coaches? Uh, my goodness, uh, you know it, it, Kirby needs multiplicity here because there needs to be about ten of them to, to keep his finger on the pulse. Thank goodness that the Georgia fans have you to listen to here on Dog Nation Daily to keep them informed on everything going on. Mike, I certainly appreciate you saying that. Thanks a lot. Um, so Merry Christmas to you. Happy holidays. Appreciate your time. Uh, I'm going to try to squeeze you in uh, next week, and then, then the next time we talk after that, we'll be in uh, Miami. So that'll be a good times all the way around. Uh, but thanks for being here on National Signing Day. Appreciate that. For Georgia Farm Bureau Practice Report. I look forward to your coverage of Kirby Smart's press conference here today. Is it players too, Mike? Are players talking today too? There will be players talking today. I'm well, going to guess that we get uh, maybe John Fitzpatrick. and uh, John Fitzpatrick, I think he's got more interviews than catches this year. Come I haven't, I'm really haven't noticed that list. Come he on. does a lot. That's a good thing. Don't make, me, good thing don't, make me, don't make me regret asking you questions, Mike. Come on now. Um, he looks like an oversized Toby McGuire. Look at the guy. I mean, he's a good-looking guy. He's a good spokesman. There's nothing wrong with that. We were so close to getting out of here. Um, all right, Mike, thanks for your time. <laughs> um, uh, I will talk to you later on. Thank you. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Always going to take the shots. I'll never quite understand that, but there you go. Uh, it is our cruiser on the SEC, by the way, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. Um, we, I know we shouted out the Royal Caribbean cruise a little early. I'll tell you more about that in a moment. So let me do a couple of things. Michael, I know this is very, very hard to do. Can we go side camera here? and Can we, can we zoom, zoom in? Will this even work? Can people even see? My, actually, they can't see if it's black. Can people see this? Can we zoom in close? I hope that there's no you know, proprietary information on this laptop. How about Todd Hartley on Twitter a little early? I realize folks can't see this, but I'm going to just use this as photographic evidence. So Jaheim Singletary uh, has signed with Georgia. Todd Hartley's tweet is, still winning in jacks. Uh, don't you love the idea that we are huge fans of Todd Hartley around here, the uh, terrific Georgia tight ends coach. The fact that he takes a little moment to dunk on Florida on Twitter uh, is always good stuff there as well. These Florida fans uh, thought they were – in for a big day maybe they still are who knows but uh Todd Hartley taking a little time there to dunk on Florida that's never a bad thing we're also kind of reacting live in the moment related to all the rumors that it's out there folks are still talking about the absence of letter of intent for Travis Hunter at Florida State honestly I'm not even really sure you know if that was expected to come in by now uh I have seen some Florida State social media chatter fans concerned about Hunter you got to be careful with all this kind of stuff. There's a lot of clout chasing that goes on this time of year. Um, I, th- I believe that the uh, technical definition of this is concern trolling. When you know Florida State person, you know starts you know raising the 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 specter of well, what if uh, what if you know Travis Hunter's not coming? You know something like that. Maybe that's what's really going on here. But as I'm kind of scrolling the phone here, that's definitely one of the things that I'm seeing is there is more Travis Hunter chatter now at 1044, which is the lifetime, which I'm speaking this, and there was right before the show started. So we'll cover all that. We'll, we'll, we'll do with that what we can, and we will, and we'll try to figure all that as it goes down here. Obviously a, um, obviously a, a lot going on with the, uh, with, the, with the Travis Hunter thing right now, and a lot of these guys. I mean, it's all up for grabs. Who knows where half this stuff is going. I'm going to end up kind of stumbling and bumbling my way through it, trying to follow all these rumors as, as they take place. But as I told you before, I'll remind you one more time, it's Cruiser on the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. Your chance to be on the Dog Nation cruise comes up in April. Dognation.com. Trust me when I tell you, 
this is going to be so much fun. It's not going to be any cruise. It's a Dog Nation cruise. Special Dog Nation events, Dog Nation guests, maybe who knows, special guests. All, all kinds of stuff there for that. Dognation.com. Click the link right there in the uh, top of the page. You can be a part of that event with us on Independence of the Seas, going to Nassau, going to Coco Cay. You can be a part of all of that. Dognation.com for a lot more on that. All right, let's talk about some things that we do know here for a moment. So big news for Texas A&M today. Now, this is relevant for a couple of reasons. So you probably saw where Jake Johnson, at least you may have seen this, the brother of Max Johnson, Oconee County, terrific tight end, longtime LSU commit, but he decommitted because everybody decommitted from LSU, and he made his announcement today. This was maybe not totally unexpected. There had been a little chatter about this. Uh, nice Hayes Fawcett from on three edit here uh, as uh, Jake Johnson has committed to Texas A&M. Now, Johnson's a good get. That's a good tight end. But what is noteworthy about this is the fact that he's expected to be a package deal with his brother, Max. At least that's the thought. You know, sometimes these things don't quite work out. But when they're siblings, maybe that's more likely to work out. That A&M, who is literally, there's kind of an old, you know, Georgia recruiting meme about getting everybody. Right now, A&M is getting everybody, uh, at least everybody that is not connected to Georgia necessarily. They are expected to clean house in a big way and apparently also expected to be a major factor in the transfer portal as well. And Max Johnson, the quarterback, could be an example of that. Now, is Max Johnson a, Johnson a game-changing quarterback? Maybe, maybe not. But it's a guy that has a lot of experience starting in the SEC. Quarterback's been the one thing that Jimbo Fisher hasn't quite been able to figure out yet at, at Texas A&M. So a package deal like Max and Jake Johnson would clearly be a big deal. And we will, uh, we will follow that. I think we're a few days away from the Max Johnson announcement, but there has been some thought that Jake Johnson, who made his, I think he made his announcement on local TV this morning. So Oconee County tight end going to Texas A&M, possibly a precursor for Max Johnson going there as well. And this is one of the things, I mean, this could actually end up being, and we don't know yet what's going to happen with Travis Hunter. I mean, I don't have any reason to assume he won't be at Florida State right now, but um, uh, but this is going to end up being a pretty disappointing day for Florida State if you know, at one point in time they were thought to be a factor for the Johnsons. Now they're not. Thought to be a factor for Tyree West. Now they're not. So uh, what's happening there with Mike Norvell, who uh, will, will be a little bit curious to see. I told you before about Billy Napier. And, and listen, you know, I think the expectation for Napier in his first year at Florida got to be really low. Obviously, they like to have some sort of trophy to put on the wall for the first signing period. But ultimately, what Napier is going to do is lay groundwork for what can happen in 2023 and 2024. Those are the cycles where it really matters for him. Now, here's the thing is goodness knows that Florida's negative recruiting Georgia left and right related to all kinds of stuff. Dan Landing not being there, playing time to go around, things like that. Guess what? You know, um, the moment that Georgia has a chance to turn its attention to Florida and start worrying about the Gators at all, there's plenty of negative recruiting you can do there on that side, too. It's not a full staff as of yet. You know, the big fish, Corey Raymond, is a guy that, I mean, there were a lot of five stars in that LSU secondary. How many of those guys are All-Americans right now? I mean, I think that's kind of a fair question to kind of ask there, too. So Napier's trying to make a splash now. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. Clearly, a lot of what's going to happen for Florida is about laying groundwork for 2023 and 2024. And at that point in time, they will probably be a little bit of a recruiting rival to UGA. We will see if that happens before, you know, today. The other thing that's out there is, and this is not an announcement for today, Ernest Green won't make it official until January, but hard not to notice there's been some online chatter related to Green and George as of late. We spoke on yesterday's show 
as, as as if Green was not coming to Georgia. It seems like that has changed some over the course of the last 24 hours. Listen, I think there's a lot to like about what Georgia has gotten from an offensive line standpoint. You know, Georgia's clearly shown that it's capable of making its own evaluations and it does well when it does. But there's also this thought that, hey, you know, at one point, George was probably the best offensive line program in the entire country, both in terms of the recruits it was bringing in and the output on the field. 2022 needs to be a step back in that direction for UGA one way or another. Maybe the presence of Ernest Green, if Georgia does really win this battle with Alabama and get that announcement coming up in early January, maybe that is an example of that. So at least wanted to make you aware that Georgia and Green seems to be more of a thing now than it was. And then I guess you can sort of file this in the – away in the category of do with this what you will but on a day in which Georgia is in hot pursuit of five-star you know safety Kamari Wilson and obviously putting together one of the great defensive back halls that's ever been put together there's also some late movement with Keon Sab, I guess you know Georgia won with Dalen Everett the other day Sab now back on the open market too and um, uh, he says he's down to a final four that includes Ohio State, LSU, Georgia, Michigan. I don't have any reason to believe that Sab's coming to, to UGA necessarily, but it is kind of interesting how quickly some of this kind of popped up within the last 24 hours or 36 hours, however long it's been. Uh, just kind of they're late there at the last moment on all of that. So a lot of recruiting news to pay attention to. We're going to do our part to kind of follow all of that. We'll make that cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. Also, holiday party time. Get ready to please everyone that you're hosting here this season. I've got a party. I've actually got a couple of parties, believe it or not, that I'm going to this weekend. And when I go, I plan on taking some finished long drink with me. Why? Because I like showing off things that folks maybe have never seen before. And by now, honestly, a lot of folks have kind of seen and heard of the finished long drink because we've been talking about it for quite such a long time. But there are still some people that are going to maybe be new to this. It's always kind of cool to take something European with you when you go on one of these uh, uh, holiday parties. And obviously, the Finnish long drink does come from Finland. It starts off in Helsinki back in the 1950s when the summer games were there. It's been in the United States now for a couple of years. And it's available in Georgia now, wherever you're really so many different places where you might you know happen to be. So if you go to thelongdrink.com, you can find out about that. It comes in a can. It looks like a beer, but it's not a beer. It's a ready-to-drink cocktail. You pop the top, you can either pour it to a glass or just drink it out of the can. It's ready to enjoy. And there are four different varieties. There's the traditional, which comes in a blue can. There's the long drink strong, which is the black can. That's 8.5% alcohol by volume. Good times to be sure. Long drink zero, zero sugar, zero carbs. Long drink cranberry, which as the name would suggest, cranberry flavored. Uh, it's kind of like a gin kick with a nice flavor to go along with that. This is good stuff. So make sure you try yourself some finished long drink. And if you'll get one of those eight can variety packs, you can get two cans of each variety of the finished long drink, which is a really fun thing uh, there too. So make sure you try some finished long drink today. Also, one more thing to remind you about. As we head towards the bowl season, and we are now just a couple of days away from the first bowls. I love the pre-Christmas bowls. Those are always fun. And your chance to get some action down on those games with our friends at BetUS. This is also the time of year in which I start paying more attention to the NFL, which you know can sometimes be dangerous from a gambling standpoint, but it also makes it way more fun to have a little action down on, whether it be Falcons-Niners on Sunday or all the playoff action down the stretch. Seven teams make the playoffs this year, makes the NFL action on a weekend a whole lot more fun to follow. There's a lot fewer teams who are completely out of the race right now, and 
Games are always more fun when you have a little action on them. So check out BetUS.com for more on that. And when you use the promo code DN125, that's DN125, you're going to get a 125% sign-up bonus. That means in simple language, they are going to put more money in your account to start than you put in there. You're already a winner even before you win your first bet. So check out BetUS.com, use the promo code DN125, and take advantage of that today. So I could have given a golden shoe to Todd Hartley for his tweet a little earlier, but instead let me give out a couple here there as well. First one here on the screen, of course, there has been a lot of Georgia-Florida stuff going back and forth here as of late related to to recruiting, and Ty Wheeler was nice enough to share with some Florida fans a really beautiful picture of the scoreboard from Jacksonville this past year, 34-7. That score looks great, sticking out of the Jacksonville night there. So good stuff by Ty Wheeler. A very helpful reminder to those Florida fans. We'll give you a golden shoe for doing so. Also, Kirby Smart's got a lot of shopping on his Christmas list here right now. How about Kirby sitting on Santa's lap right now? Russell Jeffrey sharing this with me from our buddy Evil Kirby Smart, who says Kirby's visiting recruiting Santa to ask for some five stars under the tree. No doubt that's what George is hoping for. Also, on a more serious note, one more golden shoe to give out. T. Riley says, uh, a couple of dog legends showed up at my house today thanks to Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. Uh, so that he gives a website. It's, it's choa.org slash UGA footballs. He gets an autographed Matthew Stafford, autographed John Stinchcomb, our good buddy. Champs for children, uh, of course, the big thing there. Really exceptional thing that John and Matt and the entire, a lot of these former UGA greats are part of. And how about two great, uh, really great artifacts right there. John Stinchcomb autographed football, a Matthew Stafford autographed football as well. Stafford played a great game this past week. That's great stuff. So, T. Riley, thanks for sharing that. Choa.org slash UGA football for more on that. Also, Gator Hater Countdown, 318 days from now. Dogs back in Jacksonville giving Billy Napier his first L in this Gator Hater rivalry in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. We're going to stay live on video, take more of your comments, and we'll be following this throughout the day. So thanks for being here on this signing day edition of Dog Nation Daily. We'll see you again tomorrow. And on the podcast, time now for the R.S. Andrews podcast, Cool Down. We'll do this very quick here. You know, as we're recording the show, and this is always the danger when it comes to a podcast, which is essentially an on-demand product. By the time you hear it, a lot of the news is, you know, older to you than it is to me now, including here in the last couple of minutes. Uh, Pete Thamel, others reporting that essentially it looks like Florida State has lost Travis Hunter, nation's number one prospect, lost him to Deion Sanders and Jackson State. It's obviously a huge get for Sanders, uh, really flexing there when it comes to uh, his program there at Jackson State and a gigantic loss for Florida State, which had maintained that Hunter commitment throughout this entire process. But here at the end, uh, seems to have lost out on that. So very big deal, which we'll continue to follow a lot of, a lot more of. So check in, obviously, throughout the day here at DogNation.com. We're going to be live on video. For those of you that normally listen to the show, if you want extra coverage today of recruiting, we're 3.30 p.m. or thereabouts on the Dog Nation video channels for coverage of Kamari Wilson. And we're going to be back on video again at 6 p.m. covering a lot of the other stuff that happens throughout the day. What happens with Jamar James? What happens with Marvin Jones Jr.? Smoke Bowie? Does Georgia get back involved there? A lot of that coverage continuing online at dognation.com. So we'll get back to a normal cool down again soon. Right now, there's a lot of moving pieces. But the big thing to know for the moment is that Travis Hunter's not going to Florida State, but that does not appear to be to Georgia's benefit. Reports are out there that he's flipping from Florida State to Jackson State and Coach Deion Sanders. So pretty interesting stuff 
that is where we'll leave it here. R.S. Andrews Cooldown. Y'all check them out online, rsandrews.com, for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, electric needs. They show up on time. They do the work that's promised, the price that's promised. Trust them today. They're on that. And we will see you back here tomorrow on Dog Nation Daily. We'll talk to you then.